The following Truth Barista podcast is a High Beam Ministry production. Woohoo! I love the Truth Barista part as long as I have my donut. It says in the old book, He that honors me, I will honor. The word consecration, to be wholly consecrated to the will and the purpose of God. To have no will of your own, my purpose has to line up with His eternal purpose. That I am going to trust Him with everything I am and that all that I have. This is what must cause the jealousy of God to stir. We move Him to jealousy when we are afraid. We're afraid to go all the way in faith. We're afraid to commit, totally resign and commit ourselves to the will of God. That's consecration when you say, I really don't care about my career. I don't care about my future. I don't care about anything but to give my life wholly into His hands and to fully trust Him. That is worship. That is the highest form of worship, to trust your life, to trust your will into His care. And then the Bible said, if you do, there's a full reward. A full reward. Welcome to the Airzats Coffee Shop. This is Jay, your truth barista, and I'm serving up a steamy cup of God's truth for the average Joe. You can catch me and this podcast on my websites, truthbarista.com, all one word, truthbarista.com, and highbeamministry.com. That's H-I-G-H-B-E-A-M ministry.com, as in car high beam. We're shining the light of God's truth on the road ahead. Hello, neighbor. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Truth, Barista. You know, I don't know. I I think you're going to have to allocate more budget toward things like toilet paper and uh, paper products. Because I can't find any toilet paper in the entire restaurant. Listen, you think you need me, but you don't. Please, leave me alone. But coronavirus. You're not listening to me. I am toilet paper. You need medicine, gloves, food. And toilet paper. No. no. You know, it's kind of funny because we're still feeling the effects of that, you know, the plague mentality that was out there with this COVID thing. And people are still out buying toilet paper and Purell and all these things. They're they're panicking. They're freaked out. Where are we going to get this stuff? You know, people used to get freaked out just on food or, you know, these types of necessities, but toilet paper? I think it's just the result of a lot of anxiety that people have, right? Yeah, so it's part of the normal anxiety that people have. I mean, let's face it, we always have seemed to be wired toward worried for the future. And it's like, we have what we need today, but we're worried with what tomorrow brings. And it's only accentuated when we find ourselves coming up short today. How much worse will it get tomorrow? Well, I can't believe some of my friends, they actually have bought a new freezer because their freezer is stuffed to the hilt with meat because they thought there was going to be a meat shortage. So they went out and bought another freezer and stuffed that full of meat. Uh, do you remember Y2K? Yes. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. I had friends that bought literally cases and cases of toilet paper. And I'll tell you what, they're probably just coming to the end of that supply right now, some 19 years or 20 years later, right? It was just crazy. But 
I mean, it's not wrong to prepare for the future. That's a very biblical thing. God mm-hmm. tells us to do that. But there comes a point when our preparing for the future, I believe, and I've mm-hmm. seen this in my own life, is actually a reflection of anxiety. And God's Word really touches on that anxiety thing because it reveals where our heart is focused. Is it focused on us and our ability to provide? Or does it focus on God and his caring ability to provide for us? You know what I'm focused on right now? What? Just that image of using 20-year-old toilet paper. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't go bad. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, can we get on with the Bible study here? Okay, well, sit yourself down. You got your coffee. Yes. I want to read a scripture verse to you, and a lot of Christians have read this one, but I want to kind of like just parse it out here. Okay, it's actually from Matthew chapter 6, 25 through 34. It's very practical. Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? That's a rhetorical question, right? The answer is yes. Okay. Now, Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any one of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wild flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that just a beautiful section of scripture? Well, it's a great reminder of God's perspective. And that's what Jesus is doing in this section. He's trying to take the listener's eyes off themselves and put it back on his father. Jesus said, I, I've come to do what my father wants to do. I mean, he was always focused on his father. Father, what's your will? What do I do in this situation? What do I say? And he realizes that humanity has divorced itself from God. And because we've divorced ourselves from God, we're turned inward. We've become the gods. We provide. We take care of ourselves. So if that falls short, humanity starts to scramble for that. And that's the condition of the heart revealed. Well, I think that the words that we just read is a great antidote to anxiety because we come back to what God's perspective is. You know, in a day and era of trouble and anxiety, we always have to ask the question, what is God's perspective? And this is what Jesus gives us at this point. Let me show you. Okay, verse 25, the command is, don't worry. And he says, eat, drink, the body, wearing, etc. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? He's resetting their paradigm, their way of thinking, and that affects how you see things. So he says, therefore... And that therefore is therefore a reason. It shows you what the scripture is saying. Because, he's saying, you can't serve both God and the things of this life. One of them will become our priority. And that's what anxiety shows us. So he says, don't worry, don't be anxious. This, by the way, in the text, the way the Greek, it's a command. It's not a suggestion. Jesus is saying, stop worrying. Don't even start worrying. 
Okay, so you brought up anxiety. I have this in the margin of my Bible here. What's anxiety? It's a state of being uneasy, apprehensive, or worried about what may happen concerning about a possible future event. Anxiety, amazing Larry, is linked to the future. Anxiety is about possibilities, not will-bes. Anxiety indicates that we're not confident about God's care for us. So let me compare the two. God's care is right now. Anxiety is about tomorrow. God's care is a for sure. Anxiety is about possibilities. God's care is real. Anxieties are an illusion. Okay, to be blunt. Anxiety shows that our hearts depend more on what we have than our God who provides all that we have. You know, that is really insightful, especially when you apply it to the relevancy of the coronavirus, because that is very anxiety-driven. Okay, explain. Flesh that well, out a bit. I think that people are very anxious because they don't know what tomorrow brings, and all the information that comes from the authorities is so inconsistent, it creates more anxiety because there's no definite direction that's being given to most people. And so... People are just anxious because they don't know. They don't have a foundation of truth. That is a, an incredible insight because you're right. God gives us information that can be relied on. It's concrete. And I'll sum it up at the end of our Bible study what that concrete information is. And you're right. In this pandemic, we get masks or no masks. Stay together or stay apart. Stay in enclosed spaces or run around outside. Herd immunity or keep everybody isolated. And it's become just noise, like you said. It's just noise. And that just breeds anxiety. However, God says you don't have to be anxious because of this concrete thing Jesus is about to tell us. So he's given us a command to not be anxious. Now, I like what Jesus says in Matthew. He says, don't be anxious. Luke also records it as don't be anxious, but he has the overtone of striving for one's interest. So let me flesh this out. Matthew's anxious is Luke's anxiety causing us to strive to provide for ourselves. You see the drive there? Now, what's funny is back in the Garden of Eden, it says that Adam simply had to just kind of cultivate the garden and watch over it. It's like everything. God said to him, everything for food is provided for you. You can eat from anything you want, just not that tree. But think of that. You can eat from everything you want, which means he didn't have to worry about food. They didn't need clothing, so he didn't have to worry about clothing or what to drink because it said rivers ran through Eden. Those three things were all provided for them in Eden. When they got kicked out, God said, and we've talked about this before, now, now you're going to be a part of your own provision. You want to provide for yourself? Go ahead. Okay, but it's now by the sweat of your brow. And that's not effort. It's an idiom for you're going to do it fearfully because you don't know if the crop's going to come in. You don't know if enough water's going to be flowing. And now you've got to work on clothing yourself to protect yourself from the elements. Well, today, farmers have crop insurance. But you're right. That's why they have it, because yeah. they don't know. I When I lived in the rural areas, I was amazed. I saw... I mean, hundreds of acres of corn wiped out in the matter of an hour when a thunderstorm came through. And that was it. There was no replanting at that point. You're done 
for the season. So this is the anxiety because many of us, even though we may not live in the rural areas, all of humanity can have our provision wiped out in an instant. And Jesus is saying, by the way, don't worry about that possibility. Don't even worry if it happens. Why? Because my Father watches over you. My Father watches over all of us. We may not live in Eden, but we still live on the creation that he created, and he's still the ruler over the creation, and he can still and will provide for us. So that's what Jesus is getting at. So the command is, don't be anxious. Don't let it drive you to provide for yourself. And here is the progression. When you feel insecure, it drives you to fear. That fear drives you to anxiety. That anxiety drives you to striving to provide for yourself, and that causes us to be enslaved to the things of this earth. And that's where the focus is. Jesus is saying, lift your eyes. You're looking too low. Okay, so he gives them the object lesson of the birds and the flowers. So what he's saying is, your father feeds the birds, and our father close the flowers. Jesus' solution is get the focus off your needs of life and turn it toward the most important thing, God. Life is made of more than our needs. Our life depends on God. He is the focal point. Now, let me give you a little bit of Bible interpretation. You may have heard this in other places, and if you have, give it a try. Jesus at this point uses a very familiar rabbinic argument, a very Jewish way of teaching, and it's called kal vechomer, which means light and heavy. It, basically, he's saying it's an argument from a small thing applied to a major thing. So, if something applies to a lesser thing, a small thing, it most certainly will apply to a greater thing. So, what he's saying is... You're worth more to your heavenly father than a bird. You're his child, made in his image. If he cares for the little birdies, of course he'll look after you. If your father clothes these flowers of the field, which are there for a day, and then they wilt, and after that you cut them and clean up your garden and burn them the next day, you live for 80 years. You were designed for eternity. How much more is he going to take care of you? I mean, it's such a hyperbole. It's, it's used to really drive home the point. If your father cares about every single hair on your head, He's going to care for everything of you that that hair is attached to, which is the rest of your body. Gee, I don't think I'm going to ever look at birds and flowers again in the same way. Every time I'll look at that, I'll be reminded of what you said. I have more worth than they. Right. Now, here's his point in this illustration. And you know something? I'm getting kind of thirsty, so let's get a cup of coffee after this. But he's saying this. If the birds don't worry about being cared for, if the flowers, I mean, when was the last Last time you saw flowers, you know, twiddling their thumbs or scratching their teeth. Oh, where am I going to get my, my beautiful petals from? You know, I have iris in my garden that lasts for two, three days, and then they're gone, right? But I've never seen one of them sitting there shaking in anxiety over any of this. Have you looked at my garden? Yeah. My garden is going, oh, where's the water? <laughs> you better provide it. So what I'm saying on this is Jesus is saying, if these birds and flowers aren't worrying about this, you who are at the pinnacle of God's creation, why should you worry about this? And now I'm not going to worry about my next cup of coffee because I know that my heavenly amazing Larry is going to walk <laughs> back into that, that barista bar there and oh, get me some. Oh, you're so smooth. One more cup of coffee before the road. One more cup of coffee before I go. 
Hello, I am Maurice. I am the host here at the Here's That's Coffee Shop. You can find us at truthbarista.com or highbeamministry.com. That's high beams, as in car high beams. Highbeamministry.com. Friends, Romans, and countrymen, lend me your ears. What? I can't hear you. I've <laughs> lent you my ear. I know. Well, you know, but that's getting attention, isn't it? Yes, it is. But what are we getting the people's attention for? We want them to support the truth barista. Well, that is very, very true. Well, you know, we do have some needs, and we want people to understand our needs. We need people to understand that we want to get out further into our world. So That's right. So they could take this podcast and link it to all their friends and family and church-going members, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. You can get to the website and get the RSS feed so that any Anytime we post a new episode, you get a notice. We want this podcast to go to your friends, to your church, to the governor of your state. Share it on Facebook. Share it in your emails. Get the word out there. But the second need we have, Truth Barista, because we need resources in order for us to maintain this Truth Barista, and we need people to help support us. Exactly. And by resources... We mean finances, okay? Shekels. That's right. Shekels, dollars, bucks, pound, yen, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, because we need to pay for the production costs and the website and all of these incidentals. And thank God our production costs are relatively low, but we do need to meet them. So if you can help us, please go to the website. You'll find exactly how to do it online on the lower right side of the website, or you can send an email to the Truth Barista at gmail.com, thetruthbarista at gmail.com, and I will get in touch with you and tell you how you can help us. Help us get this word out to the entire world, and that truly is mission. Spread the word and spread the finances here. Ah, I have seen that the Lord hath provided coffee through you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Ooh, this is really good. Is this this Kenyan double A again? Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. Man, you got to order extra. Well, we... Afraid we might run out. (laughs) (laughs) We aim to please. Very good. Okay, so let's get on to... He's given us the command. He's given us an object lesson to learn from. Now he's going to identify the problem, and then he's going to be giving us some solutions here. So the problem... And the reason that they're facing is this. He says, so don't worry saying, what shall we eat, drink, or wear? The Gentiles run after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. So now I need to ask you a question. Who is the audience that Jesus is talking to? And this section, these two verses, reveal it. Who is he talking to? Well, let me take a look here. He's talking to the Jewish people, isn't he? There you go. Because why? He's saying, those Gentiles, which yes. means everybody who's non-Jewish. Right. Jewish. Okay? okay, so it's a Jewish audience. It's a Jewish audience. So he's going, hey, Jewish brothers and sisters, if those non-Jews out there are running after all those things, you shouldn't be acting like them. So the question should come up in your mind, why should they not worry about this one? Okay, the don't worry in verse 31 is a command that not only, as I've mentioned before, is don't worry, it's don't even start worrying. Don't even consider worrying. Why? Because you're Jewish. Okay, so who cares? What does that have to do with the whole situation? Right, right. He's saying, you're Jewish. Haven't you read the scrolls? Go back to the scroll that talks about the wilderness wandering. 
Okay, now this is going to blow your mind. What are the three things he tells them not to worry about? Don't worry about food. food. Don't worry about beverage. Beverage, and don't worry about underwear. Underwear, clothing. Oh, Thank you oh, very oh, much. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, where is your mind at? Anyway, so why did you get me so distracted here? Okay, so there are three main things. But think of the wilderness wandering. You had about one million plus people wandering through the desert, and God was taking care of them. One of the first things that happens to them is they run out of water. They run out of food. So he goes, don't worry about what you are to eat. Why? Because in the wilderness, your ancestors ate manna directly from God. Don't worry about what to drink. Why? Because your ancestors got water right out of a rock. Well, that's a pretty good trick. Okay, and number three, don't worry about clothing. And most of us who are not Jewish will go, so what? It says in the scriptures, Moses talks to the people, says, all y'all have been wandering through the wilderness here, and your clothing has not worn out in 40 years. Wow, they weren't trendy, in other words. That's right. They were about four decades behind the times, and you know. <laughs> but it, it's remarkable that Moses says that. He wouldn't bring it up if it wasn't true. He said, your clothing hasn't worn out. And it's kind of funny because the rabbis look at that and go, well, what about the kids? You know, as teenagers or 40-year-olds, are they wearing like, one-year-old toddler size and the rabbis go oh no god miraculously caused the clothes to grow with the kids <laughs> that's always a wonderful line but the point is that jesus is using that technique called remez which means to allude to something so the person is thinking who's hearing jesus who is jewish the jewish person is thinking hmm food god provides water god provides clothing god takes care of <gasps> He's invoking the wilderness wandering. And if God did it before, he can certainly do it again. And he does it in real time. And Jesus says, he took care of them for 40 years. You don't think God can take care of you for a day? But isn't that a way also uh, that a lot of the writers, especially New Testament writers, use the history? Didn't God do this? Look back, think about it. Throughout, and that's a wonderful way to read through the New Testament because it's referred to that type of thing over and over. Look at the previous example. Look at the previous example. That You're absolutely right. Okay, so he gives them a reason not to worry. Number one, for the Gentiles, I mean, they're panicking after all these things. In fact, the Gentiles, I believe, shop at Costco. And they all congregate in the toilet paper in the Purell aisle. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I just, just throwing that yeah. out there. Okay. But his point is the Gentiles don't know God. You do. That's the point. And if he took care of them in the wilderness, he'll take care of you. Okay, reason number two, your heavenly father already knows you need these things. So why pretend that he doesn't? So he's getting them off their need and back onto the father. Let me put it this way. A typical human father loves his kid, and he knows he is expected to provide for the kid's needs. Yeshua is talking to Jewish people, his brothers and sisters, who know their covenant God, the one who cares for them that's recorded in the Torah. His care for them was both natural and supernatural. In fact, in the wilderness, all these supernatural things were happening. According to the book of Joshua, once the Israelites walked into the promised land, all the supernatural stuff stopped. And it came naturally. But God said, but just keep in mind, I'm the one who sends the rain. Without the rain, you don't have food and you certainly don't have water. So even though it's natural, don't take it for granted. I'm the one who provides for you. 
always keep that in the forefront of your mind. Recently, I was thinking about that in this age of anxiety. I mean, God really has the final say, right? I mean, we always think our grocery stores will be packed. And then under this coronavirus, things started disappearing from our shelves. They were empty shelves. Okay, well, in recent days, we've seen those rioting and the lootings that have happened. I was down in one of those areas where the the looting and the burning took place. Some of those neighborhoods are decimated. There's there's a five-mile stretch of one street where almost every single building has been burned and clothed. And they ran a very sad testimony of a woman. And she's grieving, and, and she happens to be black. And she says, I live in this area. I'm an old lady. The buses and the transportation aren't running. I have no place to go to buy my groceries or to get my, my pharmacy needs, my medical needs, my drug needs. I have nothing. Well, when you think about if God holds back the rain and the food is not produced in the farm fields, well, we're going to see things that are going to be sparse. And I think that's why I always say grace before food, because I am thankful that I have something to eat. Mm-hmm. And it's really a gift from God. I like the way the Jewish people do it. They say grace after meal. Because rather than asking God to bless the food, for God has already blessed it, according to Genesis, they say, yes, Father, thank you for the food I have eaten and that you have already cared for me. So rather than thanking in advance, they thank afterwards. I think that's a wonderful perspective. I think I'm going to try that. (laughs) It's a good thing. Okay, so he gives us the two reasons about the Gentiles and the Father knows you need them. I like this idea of provision. I love this word because provision means to see ahead. Provide. Okay? Today we see, but let's face it, tomorrow is out of sight for us. We live in the present. We never live in the future. The truth is, we have to take each moment as it comes. But we have a God who exists in the future as easily as the past, and he lives in the present. He knows our need before we even know it, and he has already seen to it. So, let me reverse this whole thing that I shared earlier. If we're insecure, it leads to fear. Fear leads to anxiety. Anxiety leads to striving. What stops striving? And anxiety. What removes fear? Having security. What's the security Jesus is revealing to us? Number one, God cares for you. And number two, he will take care of you. Why? Because he is your loving heavenly father. And now he gets to the crux of the matter. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. So Jesus is saying, when you are focusing on your needs and not trusting your father, his kingdom isn't first in your mind. In other words, his rule and reign. And you're doing things your way, not seeking the way he would do things. That's righteousness, how to walk out right like God would. And so we're panicking over the things that are provided. Yeshua's point is, seek the Father's rule and the right way to live. See, now there's the focus. And when that happens, all things will be provided for you. What things? Food, clothing. So now I'm going to play rabbi with you here. Is food an important part of life? Absolutely. Is beverage, like coffee, (laughs) an important thing in life? Or water. Okay, water, yeah, okay, whatever. So, 
So water is an important thing of life. Is clothing an important thing in life? Well, yes, especially if you're modest. (laughs) And especially if you live in cold weather, right? Okay, so those three things are basics. We're talking food, water, and shelter, because clothing is a type of shelter. Those are what we call the basics of life. So I'm now going to reverse the light and heavy argument, and I'm going to go heavy to light. If your Heavenly Father loves you so much that he will take care of the three basics of life, would he not also be able to take care of the lighter things that draw your attention away from him, such as my job, my car, Mm -hmm. my relationships with other people, my health? That's another basic in life. Or lighter things I need to get from here to there. I mean, we can think of all sorts of small things in life. Now, I've got a friend that I know who says, God just takes care of the big things. You know, he doesn't have time for my little stuff. No, he has time for your little stuff. Why? It all matters to God. Why? Because he's our father and it matters to his kids. If it matters to his kids, it matters to the father. Every time I go downtown... I always pray for a parking spot on the street. And you know what? I always get it. Isn't that a fun experiment? And I would encourage you and me and anybody listening in the booth next door, try it. Talk to your father and ask him for the big things in life and talk to your father and ask him for the little things in life and then keep your eyes open because when it comes about, that's just another way of father tapping you on the shoulder saying, see, I'm here and see, I care. So what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say I was going to start praying and asking my Heavenly Father for a small thing like a raise, just a small little raise. Hmm, I'll have to pray about that one. (laughs) You sly fox, you. Okay, let me kind of sum this up, and I can put it in one phrase, one sentence of what Jesus is saying. Here it is. This, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything will be provided for you. The Father is basically saying through Jesus, you mind my business, I'll mind yours. What do you think of that? Oh, I love that. I have to bring something up. You know, one of my favorite movies, The Chariots of Fire, and in that, he quotes a verse right out of 1 Samuel. It goes right along with that. For those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. So it comes right out of Scripture. You mind my business, I'll mind yours. You ignore my business... I'll ignore yours. See, and that's what God was saying to Israel. If you mind my business, I'll send you the rain, which kicks in everything you need here in the promised land. But if you ignore me, I can just as easily turn off the spigot to get your attention. And sometimes I think we experience lack in our lives and needs not being met. And God allows that to a degree to tap us on the heart and say, aren't you forgetting someone? Aren't you forgetting me? Are you forgetting my kingdom and doing things my way? If you mind my business, I'll mind yours. So can I pray? You can. Heavenly Father, I ask now in Jesus' name that anybody who is listening to this will find encouragement in it, and it would encourage them to talk with you, that's pray, and ask of you. And I pray that whether it's a big thing or it's the tiniest little thing, as small as a bird or a flower, that you would answer that prayer for them in such a way that your reality, your realness becomes even more vivid to them and that you would strengthen their relationship with you. I'm asking it now in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Jay, your Truth Barista. Thanks for listening to the Truth Barista podcast.